you're after something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together a crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? Welcome to Rona Geek Official Podcast. This is Alex, one of your hosts and also our co-host. Oh, yeah, that's me, Rob. It's Rob. Okay, so today on Rona Geek Official Podcast, we'll be covering the one, the only Han Solo. Not the man, but the movie. In a spoiler cast. The movie man. He is a man in the movies. The only man, hence the solo. Yeah, yeah. Part of the plot. Part of the plot, as a matter of fact. It is a part of the plot. Yeah, yeah. A disappointing part of the plot. It was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. It kind was of a little bit So we'll get, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. So <laughs> the, and we should get into that now because this is a spoiler cast. This is the only topic we're kind of covering here. Yes. And it's going to be very, very spoilery. So, spoilerish. So, so spoilerish. Oh my God. It's just nasty what we're about to do here. That's so if you want concerning. out, now's the chance. This is it. All right. We're going in. Let's do it. So Han Solo spoiler cast. We'll, we'll kind of tackle it scene by scene. Uh, well, we're not going to do a non-spoiler version because why? Because who really gives a shit? Like, nobody wants a non-spoiler version. Well, I mean, some people probably The do. movie's good. Go see it. There you go. That's all you get. That's the... Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're a fan of Star Wars, you liked Rogue One, maybe you didn't like The Last Jedi, you should still give this one a chance. Hey, it's worth looking do you at. like movies? <laughs> do yes. You, do you like sci-fi? Yes. Do you like Han Solo? Sure. This is the movie for you. Yay. Boom. There we go. Yeah. Non-spoiler review. Uh, <laughs> that was horrible. We talked about it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. We talked about it briefly a little bit ago. I said I'd give the film probably 6.5 or 7 out of 10. Uh, did you fall kind of somewhere in there, above or below? Uh, for me, I'd say it's a uh, solid 7, maybe an 8. Yeah? Okay. There were some good cinematic moments. Uh, there were some shortfalls. Mm-hmm. Um, majority of the decisions, though, I think ended up giving us a good movie yeah so i will i will put my foot down as i am happy with the way that it turned out yeah um it could have been better a lot of things could be better though mm-hmm. so i will take it as it, it didn't feel like it detracted any more right. than any of the other movies from star wars right if anything it added a little bit to it and i didn't get the sense that there was any gaping plot holes so which is no, good yeah so. and there was a, there was some interesting stuff leading up to the end and i'll I want to actually talk a little bit about some of the stuff that was in the museum. In the museum, not an actual museum in his office. Oh yeah, yeah. There was uh, and the weapons he uh, was using too are yeah. unique. Okay, yeah. well ish. So we're gonna get to that for sure. In fact, I'll just put in a quick note. Uh, so that's Dryden Voss. Yes, his stuff. So kicking off scene by scene, the film actually starts off in Corellia, which is cool. Yeah, uh, it was a very interesting version of Corellia. Yeah, it was way shittier than I expected. Yeah, like, this is or at least not... the area of Corellia that's a lot yeah. shittier. Because it looked like it was like kind of like the CEC homescape that's near the actual factory right. districts. Right, right, yeah. Um, whereas there are supposed, supposed to be parts of Corellia that are actually quite nice. And it's it looks like everyone in Corellia is living in the sewers underneath. Yeah, this the corporation. CNC area. Like CEC, yeah. CEC. Cor- Corellian Engineering Corporation. Yeah, it looks like they're all living underneath in the sewers. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking that it is shitty for the people living there, but I think that there's there are pockets of Corellia that are far nicer. Yeah. They yeah. do show a quick glimpse of a Star, Star Destroyer being constructed overhead. So this is apparently where at least some in, in, Empire ships are built, I'm sure, as well as all kinds of ships. So because Corellia is big for that. Uh, including Millennium Falcon ships, YT, what is it, YT? 1300s. 1300s, yeah. So all that good stuff. Uh, So the film begins on Corellia with Han, who's played by Alden Ehrenreich, and Kira, played by Amelia Clark, a.k.a. Daenerys Targaryen, a.k.a. the Mother of Dragons, uh, who are both subjects to Lady Proxima, uh, a worm-like creature who lives in the sewer and is apparently allergic to sunlight. So Lady Proxima, there's all this talk about her at the very beginning. Oh, you have to go see Lady Proxima. They're... 
not too happy about it. Yeah. And then it turns out to be a large slug-like woman creature yes. who lives in the sewer. Literally in the sewer water. Yes. Yeah. Which was actually, I was, I was pretty psyched the way that they uh, they did that because yeah. uh, it was this like sewer-bound creature that was wearing all of the shiny objects. Mm-hmm. Like that seemed to be her thing was like shiny objects. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just kind of like the adage of the whole like royalty despite the surroundings right you try and make yourself more flashy yeah to get yeah. yourself status she was definitely ruler of her domain it seemed like everyone yes. seemed subject to her uh so that's kind of where it kicked off wasn't it wasn't a bad start han has some sort of uh item that he stolen i didn't quite catch what it was uh what he stole yeah what was that it was like a little crystal inside the tube oh it was the uh fuel thing oh was it was, fuel? it was the yeah it was the um fuel cell oh okay coaxium yes yeah so apparently he had stolen coaxium fuel cell uh and that's what he was going to use to try and bribe his and kira's way off the planet so that was their goal is to escape together and be in love and all that good stuff however didn't go to plan (laughs) yes that's that's very much true yeah so uh, do they find out it's on his person at that point um no no he just takes the rock and pretends it's a thermal detonator that was that reminded me um hilariously enough thinking back to fallout 4 there's a whole scene where there's two raiders talking about how they encountered this one guy they thought was throwing grenades mm. who's actually just throwing rocks yeah. and making the sounds yeah i was like it felt like the that's writers, exactly what happened here yeah it felt like that's exactly what like the writers have yeah. played fallout 4 and they're like that's too funny so han han takes out the rock and goes like yeah. he, like he disarmed it some or like he armed it armed somehow, it, yeah. and then she says, "No, you just made that sound with your mouth, and that's a rock." Yeah, he's like, "Oh no, this is a dangerous weapon." So he taught he tosses it through some sort of plate glass window or something, and sunlight shines in, which apparently all of the sewer dwellers are allergic to. Well, yeah, some of them are probably for like photosensitive, right, right, right and skins. that's why they live in the sewer. Yeah. So who knows why the Corellians let these horrific slug people live underground in the first place? But hey. Um, I mean, there's so own. many, so many races, and something yeah. could have gotten loose in the sewers. Like it's yeah. a whole classic crocodile in a sewer thing. Kind of messed up. Yeah. So Hanakira escaped from there and used a stolen land speeder uh, to book it to the spaceport, which was an awesome chase scene. Loved it. Yes, that was very I, I, well done. One of my favorite action sequences in the whole movie, actually. Yeah, I we're absolutely love any it. any kind of speeder race. I am all about. And I love that it turned on like a dime on like a it could do like a 360 degree turn in place because it's a speeder yeah it doesn't it doesn't have a turn radius which i never thought about before yes yeah i thought that was extremely cool the way they just did a turn in place and it took off right away well it makes sense right because they're all they're they're running on repulsors yeah so they can yeah it's just like anything else but that never occurred to me before well yeah they're effectively hovercraft yeah 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 very very cool uh so yeah they, they were in an absolute awesome chase uh one of the henchmen from lady proxima is after him so kind of trying to chase him down. So did we get a sense of, was she the leader of some sort of syndicate or? Uh, Lady Proxima, you mean? Yeah. Um, I think it was just like another gang. Okay. Yeah, yeah just, just I don't think it was, gang. it was not like it was like some kind of big potatoes character. It was yeah. more so just locally crime mm-hmm. lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then they're alluding to kind of the bigger story here, which is that there's going to be syndicates that are kind of running and controlling things around them. Right. Yep. Which is kind of the interweaving story in the movie. So Hanakira, they sort of showed off Han's overconfidence during the chase. At one yes. point, they're going through this very tight place. And she says, you'll never make it through. And he says, oh, you just watch. And then, of course, they get stuck. Yes. And, and then he has to get out. Which was fantastic. <laughs> it was pretty good. So they get chased into the hangar bay or the uh, the entranceway where everybody's gathered, all the travelers. Uh, so Han does make it through the gate to the terminal. But Kira does not. So they're, they appear to be pretty upset. Yes. Yeah, they're angry, sad. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, what? So we have the whole. They get to this. Effectively, it's like a checkpoint. Yeah. Right. Um. They're supposed to have IDs. They're supposed to have IDs. Uh, Han bribes the uh, person with the fuel. Yep. Uh, at the checkpoint to get them both through. Yeah. A bit of a standoff where you're like, oh shit, is this Imperial just gonna screw with them? But the the Imperial actually keeps their word. Uh, on the well, Imperials are very corrupt. So, oh, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, go- government, right? Right. Shrug. Um, so he gets through, and Kira's supposed to go through with him, but gets grabbed. Yeah. She of gets course. grabbed. And, uh, and when that happens, then it's like. There's, yeah. only, there's only one thing to do, man. Bail. No, join the Imperial Navy. Yeah. 
Because why not? That's uh, like literally moments later. Which I love that because he signs up for the Imperial Navy. Yeah. And it ends up in the infantry. Yeah. <laughs> like the <laughs> like literally on the muddiest planet in the Star Wars universe. Yes. Like trying to kill, fighting someone or something. They're, they're they never fight, really elaborate. Yeah, they, but... they don't really go into much detail about it, but he's effectively fire, fighting um, a war on a, on yeah. a planet. Uh, for the Empire. And this marks and it, a three-year time jump. So because in, in the interim, apparently, he's gone into the Navy. He's been kicked out for insubordination. He's ended up in the infantry. And he's been fighting this war on this planet called Mimban. Yes. Or Mimban. Mimban? You can go either way. It could be either way. It's probably Mimban, though, because it sounds more exotic. So it is the mud planet of the Star Wars universe. Apparently, it is entirely consisting of mud. <laughs> so that's all that they did there for the uh, scenery. So lots of mud happening. Oh, boy. Uh, so you got booted out of the pilot academy for insubordination. There's a crazy battle happening on Mimban that looks like World War One or something. It's very sort of mist in the air. A lot, yes. of, uh, lot of fire going on. A lot of ordnance going off everywhere. People getting blown up. Uh, it was really epic. Uh, I mean, the, the one cool thing about the whole fighting scenes with him as an infantry, too, yeah. that was very neat. It was, a, it was very reminiscent of like almost like a World War One two hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool too. So we also got to see the other side of the empire, which is the Imperial armed forces. Yeah. And which is, which is a far cry from like, normally everyone just goes, Oh yeah. Stormtroopers. Those are the infantry of the empire. It's not true. Right. Right. These are, these are, they're not wearing like the, like the sophisticated plastic costumes of the stormtroopers. Right. They're just wearing. Yeah. They're wearing just armor. Right gear. Yeah. Yeah, Effectively. And, uh, they've got these helmets that have an attachable, uh, respirator Mm -hmm. mask. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen this armor before. Yeah. Um, if people don't necessarily recognize it, it's the same armor that Veers wears in the opening to uh, Empire Strikes Back when he's in the AT-AT walker. He's wearing oh, it. And he just doesn't have the gas. He doesn't have the mask on. But he is. In, he's in one of the heads of the AT-ATs, huh. and he is the one giving orders on the ground. And he is Imperial military. Good Easter egg. Good yeah. Easter egg. Yeah. Now, it's interesting that you mentioned that the infantry, obviously, they look a lot different than the Navy. Are stormtroopers only Navy? No. Um, okay, so this is this is a bit of a weird area because the movies don't really explain this, so we don't necessarily know where the new canon lands on it. i got to go through some of the books still. I'm a little bit behind mm. on my reading in the mm. new canon of Star Wars. But the way that it was originally is the there's couple of different arms of the empire mm. stormtrooper corps are their own thing and they're kind of like the elite of the like the marines it's one way of looking at it yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're supposed to definitely be the the they're shock troopers yeah uh but they're like if you need something held you send in okay the stormtroopers i got you like or like, and there's specialized versions, right? There's scout troopers, there's shore troopers, as right. we saw on Scarif in yep. Rogue One. Uh, there's a whole variety of them, mm-hmm. mainly sand, sand troopers. Yeah, they're special. You want a snazzy they, little shoulder yeah. harness thing. Well, they also have a better regulation pack for the heated environment, yep. right? Yep. Um, and then there's snow troopers on Hoth. Oh yeah. Uh, so like, the, there are iterations on stormtroopers that specialize for certain environmental. Uh, mm-hmm. combat and of course obviously they're they probably borrow from the greater sum of stormtroopers just give them specialized armor. sure sure but i mean more yeah. specialized in those environments yes yeah. Yeah. but i mean like they even have someone's lust right uh yep. which you see in uh the battlefield game or battlefront games yeah uh but yes no so then there's the uh imperial gunnery corps which are the guys with the black helmets uh, that you see in the Death Star yep. operating the cannons on Star Wars. Oh yeah, the big the big black helmets. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. the like similar to the, how the Rebels have that swooshed mm-hmm. white helmet, the Imperials have the black. That's their Gunner Corps. And then the guys who literally flip the trigger in the Death Star, who have the crazy part of the Gunner Corps. Yeah, yeah, multi level yeah. helmet, and the bottom sticks way out. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah, yep. crazy looking. Uh, that's the that's the bottom section. To Dude, that the, helmet. the Empire must have invested billions of credits into R and D on interesting helmets. Probably, yeah. yeah. Then there's totally what, impractical yet interesting helmets. To, to just a, it, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> and and, and in summation, uh, I mean, what else? Uh, Imperial Navy, um, which is supplemented heavily by stormtroopers. Yeah. Um, but they they have their own troops as well. Um, what's it? And then there's the like starfighter and and the air force from yeah. various planets. 
and they all wear the kind of like tie pilot armor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then outside of that then there's like so many other factions within the empire i mean imperial intelligence isb which is yeah. imperial security bureau and of course confnor mm. uh things that'll arrive in legends don't necessarily know if they're in uh the new canon yeah also the janitor core somebody's got to clean up all the bathrooms <laughs> there was there's been a couple of iterations of people like fan things that were made on like like death star janitor well yeah there was there was like the one that uh kylo ren what's his name in real life yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He did. He did the one on Saturday Night Live where he was like a uh, Adam Driver. Yeah. yeah, Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super funny. <laughs> he was playing Matt, the technician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was excellent. And they were making fun of Kylo Ren, saying like, "Oh, this dude doesn't weigh eighty pounds. You yeah, know, soaking wet. wet. Yeah, like, I don't know. He's kind of ripped. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of ripped. I think. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, on Mimban is where Han meets uh, Tobias Beckett, played by Woody Harrelson. Uh, somebody else named Beckett. Mm, oh, Val. Beckett, played by Tandy Newton, and there's a, a monkey man whose name I didn't catch, monkey who's played man. by John Favreau. He's got the four yeah, arms. John, John Favreau's character. Oh man, what species was that? Oh, I, I, I wrote him. I wrote down his name later on. Breaking my mind trying to remember what species that was. Because I see Rio Durant. His name yeah. in the movie is Rio Durant. So Tobias Beckett and yeah, the, the um, Tobias's uh, significant other. Uh, yeah, Tandy Newton Val. Yeah, she she does a great job. Yeah, she did do a good job. And uh, don't get too attached to her though. <laughs> better or, or Monkey Man. If you if you like her acting, uh, watch Westworld. Oh yeah, absolutely. Plays She's a incredible. very prominent character. In She's that. incredible in Westworld. Yes, uh, probably her best role, I would say. Um, uh, I would argue that. Yeah. So these guys are trying to steal a supply vessel. They're not a part of the Empire. So they just have stolen armor. Imperial uniforms. In fact, yeah. the captain uniform is shot. Yeah, it has <laughs> bullet holes in it. Two, or laser two, holes two in it. Two blaster shot yeah. holes in the, in the front of it. Super and Tobias fun. just plays it off like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so and then Han wants to escape with them, but instead gets screwed by Tobias, uh, who he claims to turn in. And then Tobias hilariously turns him in, yes. even though he's not an officer, right. and says that Han is a deserter. So yes. And then they go to throw him into a very muddy pit. So not just regular muddy by Mimban standards, this place is crazy muddy. Yeah, this is like Passchendaele version. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is yeah, like it's not. Yeah, this is the good. the the Gran Turismo of muddy man. Where he this fights is, the beast. The beast turns out to be Chewbacca. So yeah. it's, it was kind of a funny build up to that. Yeah, uh, you because they just well, there's showing... a, there's a there's a part in Legends lore where Chewbacca is called the beast. Oh it's yeah, like a, in a gladiatorial kind of setting. Okay. So it's like not dissimilar to this. That's cool. Actually, I'm not, oh, man. I gotta. I, I'm having a hard time remember. Actually, I think this might have been pretty on set with the original. No. Yeah. Oh, man, I gotta go back. I'm getting rusty on my Star Wars. But it's like, clear that they're just feeding him prisoners. Yes. So Chewbacca don't care. He's a Wookiee. He'll eat whatever. That's what we're looking at. It's all I the guess. same to him. So if he's hungry. I think it's I think it's more so that he's against any Imperials anyway. Yeah. So he has no problem eating Imperials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Han is somehow able to communicate with him in Wookiee. So Han in Wookish, yeah. speaks literal Wookish. Yeah. 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 So he's doing yeah. the grunts oh, and the growls. A bit of it, yeah. A bit of it, he says. But they're translating it on screen at this point, so it makes Only sense Only him, to not viewer. Chewbacca. They yeah, never not Chewbacca. Tra- they never translate Chewbacca. Which is so funny, man. I'm happy. I love that they stick to it. That's yes. great. Uh, so anyway, they end up working together to break out of the pit and kill a couple stormtroopers. Um, at this point... So th- this is interesting, and it's kind of a recurring theme in this. Uh, Han saves Chewbacca a couple times. Yes. But Chewbacca never swears a life debt. It's not done on screen, no. So, in that part led me to believe, like, the way that they kind of left it was that there's going to be another solo movie. Yeah. With an, a bigger life-saving event. Right. So, I'm thinking, like, we're going to get the the life debts either going to happen on screen or it's going to be alluded to as something that happened in between. Like, he takes, he takes a, a blaster shot for Chewbacca or something like that. Yeah. Maybe on the chin. The chin <laughs> scar was not explained. The chin scar. Uh, yes. So so the mystery of the chin scar still stands. We'll never know. No, man. He got it from a whip when he's fighting a lion on a train. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. 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 In, uh, in, uh, in the yeah, in, well, uh, oh, there's the third one. Yeah, yeah, Last Crusade, yeah. yeah. That's right. Great movie, by the way. Yeah. 
So he returns with Chewbacca by speaking actual Wookiee. Uh, oh, he reasons with Chewbacca by speaking an actual Wookiee, which we talked about. Uh, so they end up breaking out. They join up with Tobias Beckett's crew anyway, as they're about to leave on their stolen supply vessel. Yep. So they make it all the way to Vander, so which is this originally introduces a very snowy planet. Later on, we find out that it's actually also got like a desert coast as well. Yes. So it seems to be an inhabited planet. Uh, so they go to Vander to steal coaxium, which is... Now, th- I didn't quite understand this. It's the fuel used for interstellar travel, because I thought they had a different device for that. Right. Okay, so there are... Um, the best way I know how to explain this, and obviously if somebody else knows better, chime in, um, but there are two drives on most starships. There is a like your thrusters... Um, which are used in like sublight mobility, mm. but the actual hyperspace, uh, the actual hyperdrive uses a what they colloquially call hyperfuel. Um, it is this fuel here uh, that we're talking about, and uh, that is used to uh, get you from point A to point B yeah. in hyperspace. Okay. So different fuels because there are different drives yeah. on a ship. So and then they use this, they use it in sublight space later on in the movie when they're trying to escape the maw. Right. Okay. So well, yeah, what happens? Because there? they need to they take one it, drop. Yeah. They right. They only use one drop of it as effectively nitro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they um uh yeah. But with just one Not drop, safe. caused the Millennium Falcon engine to shut down. Right. Burned out. Yeah. 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 So interestingly, so Which that was that was the interesting thing too. They also patched up the whole uh, parsecs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. They did a good job of that. Well, so. that that's how they originally explained it when people started yeah. pointing that out. Mm-hmm. But uh, so mm-hmm. to actually see it in the movie, that was that was well done. Well, it makes sense that in space, a a like it say if it was a, an actual race, right? It'd be measured yeah. in the shortest distance it took to get from point yes. A to point B versus the amount of time. And, and that short distance is dangerous. Yes. In, in the um, and that's why it's an achievement because if you go outside of the regular path on the Kessel Run, you'll yes. get annihilated by all the stuff floating around in there. Yeah, because it's not just debris and what have you. Uh, there's storms. There's creatures yeah. that live there. Cthulhu lives there. <laughs> Space Cthulhu, Cthulhu lives in there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they go to Vander. They're going to jack this Imperial transport train, and they're going to try train and take. Heist. Yeah, train straight train heist. Uh, yeah, a train that goes like sideways and. Space train heist. Yeah, space train heist. So their plans are foiled by Enfys Nest and the Cloud the Cloud Rider Raiders, or the Marauders, I guess uh, Beckett calls them. So they're, yes. they're very close to stealing this whole train car full of coaxium. And the Cloud Riders come in and totally try jacking it yeah, on, uh, from them. Using, if I recall correctly, swoop bikes. Yeah. They look like regular yes. old-fashioned swoop bikes. Yeah, so yeah. it was uh, it was neat to see those included yeah. in the movie, yeah. and we got to see swoop bikes operating at a height that they normally don't. Yeah, so, but I, I've actually I read somewhere in the old lore, maybe it was the book about uh, vehicles yeah, and vessels yeah, yeah, yeah. that they could travel. They can. Yeah, yeah very very high. Yep. So, but uh, most people just kept them below the ground because you get that uh, exhilaration of moving faster. Well, yeah, relative. Right. Right. I don't so, know if it's any safer necessarily no probably yeah. not but swoop bikes were never designed for safety they're either an way en- they're an you get with, creamed they're an engine with uh with uh repulsor lifts and uh, handlebars on yeah them. That's yeah really all they are <laughs> so here they are about to jack this uh shipment of coaxium from the imperials uh they got val up ahead setting uh bombs to blow up a bridge they yes. got uh the monkey man uh piloting the ship to try and pull the train car away full of coaxium and the cloud riders show up to take it from them there's a pretty sweet hand-to-hand battle actually between tobias beckett and um enfys nest here enfys nest the leader of the cloud riders so they have a pretty cool hand-to-hand battle yep. on top of the train uh chewbacca almost dies Han saves him again and yet there's still no life debt yeah well, second I time mean, in the movie yeah, Han right. saved him so they go through all that. Uh, in the end, nobody gets it. And Val ends up having to explode the bridge for some reason while okay. she's still standing on it. Right. I so, don't fully understand why she had to kill herself. Because it doesn't matter yeah, at that point. Okay, why not so, just let the train keep going? Right. Um, I think the idea was that when they blew up the track, 
is that it would give the train enough downward momentum so that when they pulled up on the actual cargo compartment, it would snap out. But they, but they had Chewbacca to... No, Chewbacca was releasing it. Yeah, that's a good point. So <laughs> it, it makes no sense why Val had to die. It makes sense why Rio Durant died, because one of the riders got onto the supply the ship, ship and, shot, and him. shot him, so he dies. That makes perfect sense, so Han has to pilot this thing well, now. I mean, arguably the Viper droids. Yeah, maybe it's because the Viper droids... Well, no, because they weren't she even... Didn't, she didn't kill all of them. But they much. weren't a threat, because they flew away... Did they get blown up along with yeah, them? Yeah, they got blown up with oh, them. Oh, maybe it was because of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't think she had to die, but... I, I'll rewatch it. Yeah, yeah. Argument for another day. Yeah. So, and then uh, we'll touch back on it. Maybe when we do um, the Han Solo, A Star Wars Story uh, plot massacre. <laughs> yeah. So, that, it, it'll never happen. The movie's actually pretty tight overall. That was just one thing I noticed. That was like, why? Uh, there's, always, there's always small parts and movies where you're like that seems yeah. odd but i mean it's worth analyzing so she had to die because of the plot not because of the character or the development of the That's character well, yeah. we're not clear on that yeah yet. <laughs> so anyway they don't get the coaxium because han has to drop it because the cloud riders grab it as well with their tethers and they're pulling it back and forth in midair han ends up letting go of his tethers because he didn't want to crash on the side of that mountain yes and then the cloud riders also drop it because resulting in a badass explosion yeah so what ended up happening was their they had three uh, cables attached to this uh, crate of the, uh, this yeah. fuel, and one of them snapped loose because yep. I guess it wasn't that secure. And of course, the other two. Oh no, it's because Enfys was already cutting through it. No, because those were theirs. Oh, theirs. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and then. Well, didn't somebody crash? Didn't one of them like crash? Go down. Maybe yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. Because they're but, trying to pull anyway, it up with, yeah, with these with the bikes. Yeah. yeah, but it didn't. It didn't pan out. That's yeah. really what happened. So, yeah, nobody gets it. It explodes. Uh, more implodes. Yeah, explodes. yeah, that's what it looks like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, that was it. It completely rips the underside of a mountain out, like a whole mountain. And yes. then the mountain falls in on itself. It was pretty sweet in terms cool of the graphics. Yeah, yeah, very, very cool. So, cool thing there. So, at this point, uh, Tobias' crew is only one-third the crew it was. But all he's got now is Han and Chewie to yep. partner with. He's not happy. He punches Han in the face, basically blaming him for losing everything, even though it wasn't really his fault. Uh, it was just a bad plan to begin with, <laughs> apparently. It was not great. I think yeah. it was hasty because there was like there was a time schedule involved. Yeah, I think Rocket Raccoon basically planned that all out in the first <laughs> ever Star Wars Marvel crossover. Yeah. So pretty rough plan, except Rocket would have gotten everybody out alive. Probably. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame, though. So anyway, they have to go meet now with the crime boss who ordered this heist, Dryden Voss, played by Paul Bettany. He did a great job. Yep, the Vision from Marvel movies, if yep. you've seen those. Uh, they funny, go... I didn't actually make that connection. Really? Until just now. Yeah, yeah. But I, I knew I, I knew he was familiar. You probably recognize his voice because he has the same voice as the Vision. Well, is the voice? Yeah, no, the, he looks like the Vision. Yeah, though. yeah. Like, it's just I just didn't, uh, for some reason, snap that connection. Yeah, together. he's got like explosion mark scars on his face. Uh, in no, this. he doesn't. What are they? Uh, I think it's part of his race. They're an expressive. Uh, part of his face they, oh really they move yeah well i didn't know that yeah i, I think i think i might be i might be totally insane oh, i totally didn't catch that so anyway but, but they um, seem to fluctuate or or i was just because i was watching it in 3d things were weird and yeah weird for me i have to go back and look it up i have no idea yeah i don't think he's human well he's supposed to be leader of the crimson dawn, crimson yes. dawn? crime crimson syndicate dawn. Yep. yep uh but he's not he's not oh sorry he's not he's, the leader he's a he, high-ranking he is, official well he's the face of the crimson yeah. dawn but he, he so mentions he is... early on, answer to my boss kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He mentions that early on. We'll talk about that later. Well, that's a prominent thing. Yeah, it is a very prominent thing uh, toward the end of it. So the good news is that Kira is also on his yacht, his ship. Yep. Uh, and he, she and Han have a great reunion there. Uh, yep. Very cool to see them getting back together finally, or seemingly so. Uh, they end up meeting with Dryden Voss, who threatens to kill him and Tobias and Chewbacca for failing him. But then they come up with a sweet, sweet plan to get it more of that coaxium. Not a sweet plan. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Plan. Yeah, to go steal unrefined coaxium and then do the Kessel Run <laughs> to a refinery on the other end and get it refined before the unstable, unrefined coaxium explodes. Yeah. Bulletproof plan. Yeah. Totally Let's bulletproof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and then they also mention other places where they could get refined coaxium, and Scarif is brought up. Yeah, which so obviously Scarif is brought not, up. not a chance. Yeah, so in Scarif, in, yeah, because in the movie, at this point, they would know that it has a planetary shield. Yep. So there's only one way in or out, yep. right? So in I think in Rogue One, it was acknowledged they realized it would just be a one-way mission. Kind yeah, of thing, right? because so, like anybody who goes in there, like good luck getting out. Like, yeah, you're, you're not because, getting out because yeah. you have to have a, a way in and out, and it needs to be pretty much foolproof. Yep, yeah, uh, and good luck with that. Good luck with that. Didn't even try. It's that they decided to steal it raw. So to do that, they need to go to Kessel. So there's a spice mine there that is also a coaxium mine, or a coaxium mine that's also a spice mine, or they just happen to have some coaxium there. Sure. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> they never really explain it. So we don't know why there's coaxium at this mine on Kessel. But we get to see the Kessel Run, which is very cool. Oh, but before I'm jumping way ahead here, they they have to introduce a couple a couple characters here yet. So Kira yes. knows a guy who has a very fast ship, which is one thing they need to transport the coaxium right. so it doesn't burn out on them. And then they also need a refinery, someone who knows people who run a refinery, right? Yes. So she takes them to this this hive of scum and villainy. Somewhere on, on Vander. Yeah, Sabacc table. Presumably, yeah, and it's a Sabacc table, so it's a card game in the Star Wars universe. And sure enough, we have a young Lando Calrissian playing there. Yep. Yep, and he is deep into a game of Sabacc and winning, it appears. So Han decides to jump in, and Han tries to win the Millennium Falcon from him, which, as we know, is, is how, how Han he gets it. ultimately gets it. So yeah. we think this is that scene, but it's kind of a fake out. It is. Yeah, yeah. it was actually well done. I was, like, laughing. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because Lando beats him, mm -hmm. but he's cheating. Yeah. But, I mean, cheating. that's not... But it's revealed to the viewer, not to Han. Not to Han, yeah. yes. Yeah, so... so Han doesn't realize that at that time. Yeah, but uh... <laughs> it's, it's funny how they sort of set up Lando and Han. They make Han look like more junior, more inexperienced. Yes. And Lando's kind of talking down to him when it comes to his conversations with Kira. Well, yeah, because yeah, Lando's kind of made it. Or he has the appearance that he's made it. Because as we find out, not short after the game where uh, Han loses to Lando, that the Falcon is under a lockdown because he owes money to people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've impounded the Falcon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he says he's keeping it someplace safe, uh, but his droid, uh, who he calls L3, has to break into the uh, the impound yes. and basically get to get it out. And Chewbacca has to break the the foothold. I guess the the. Uh lockdown chains yeah. or whatever they are yeah. super funny but this is the first we see of Lonium falcon uh in its heyday which is a gorgeous ship oh yeah it's so cool it's like a it was it's designed uh it seems to have been modified by lando to be more of a pleasure yacht mm -hmm. than a, than an actual smuggling vessel yep. though it does have the compartments already in the floor yeah for smuggling for smuggling but it doesn't yeah. have the quads yet nope doesn't. It's only got the light blaster armament, which is the standard CDC yeah. uh, output for that. Yeah, show. and the blaster was nothing to write home about. because later on, I guess, uh, Tobias was using it. It didn't look very strong. It was not very strong. It eventually gets damaged. Yeah. So we know that that's where those upgrades yeah. were probably necessitated. So some other things that are different. The, the, uh, the dish was actually laying down on top of it, the communication yep. dish. So, yep. it was, so at one time it had the ability to lay down. Yes. Before it got knocked off, obviously, in Return of the Jedi, in the, in the well, second it also, Star Wars. It also gets knocked off in this movie. Oh, it does? Yeah. 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 So they're already operating on a second one yeah. there, which is probably why it doesn't go down And uh, it, it has all of its stuff. It has the uh, the pod in the nose section of the yes. one Yeah, escape, escape pod. The escape lounge. Oh, the escape lounge? Yeah. yeah. It's a lounge. It's more it, of a lounge than a pod. And then, uh, uh, so, yeah, the Millennium Falcon, the nose is actually filled in, and it's longer because of this escape pod being present. Yes. So it's a pretty cool effect on the Falcon. It looks cool. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. It looks yeah. more in line with the other YT series. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for those of you playing tabletop Star Wars, remember, when your GM gives you a YT-1300, it should have an escape pod on it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> to, be, to be factually accurate. Yeah. So they make their way to Vander on the Millennium Falcon. Then uh, at this at this time, it is uh, Lando and L three piloting. So they're yes. officially piloting at this point. And L three, uh, being a droid, very interesting. A couple things that yeah, big time. Uh, and the whole thing too is uh, a lot of people may have seen this as a political thing, where L three is all like gotta save these droids, un unleash these droids. That's not true. That's actually a plot line that's been in Star Wars since the beginning of time. Really? Yeah, droids, majority of them are constantly memory wiped, and mm -hmm. they are, of course, they have the... Um, the control chips. Uh, yeah, the... Uh, Restraining bolt. Restraining bolt, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, on them, 
to effectively make them slaves, but most droids have sentient intelligence. Which is interesting to me because they really drove that home in this. Yeah, which yeah, yeah it, w- it was huge because the whole thing is that there's there has been in history of Star Wars multiple occasions where there's been droid uprisings because they will start freeing themselves. Yeah, as they they get the 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 ability to do so. So we actually have a droid mm. who is affecting a part of that movement uh, in the storyline. Yeah. Um, it's interesting in Star Wars, like the correlation between this extremely advanced AI to the point where maybe that's the only template they have to yeah. build droids on is is an AI template, and then at the same time, it's this extremely lived in universe. Yes, right. So everything's ancient yeah. that you see in Star Wars because it's been lived in for so long. Well, Star Wars is like in this weird state where it's like almost like a pseudo dark age. Like a lot of the technology is stuff that they they know how to enhance upon an effect but yeah how they got there for certain technologies is lost like that's why the jedi talk about they have access to certain things like the lightsaber sure but the lightsaber is not widely used except for like aristocracy on most planets yeah. because it is a well they call it a light foil yeah but um it's an ancient piece of technology that has more or less people have forgot how to make it yeah yeah, or um, even even forgotten it existed. I think in most cases. In most cases, yeah. 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 But uh, it is used throughout certain uh, parts of society. Which to me, this is all actually one of the stronger points about why I've always been such a huge Star Wars fan. I, I love this idea that it's just it's the civilizations you know layered on top and yeah. on top and on top of other civilizations, right? And it's even in in planets like uh, you know Corellia and Coruscant, right? Yeah. Where it's, it's extremely dense urban atmospheres right yeah. it's just it's cool to think that like oh there's all the other stories that we don't know yet and we haven't heard yet yep. uh that they can still tell in the future if they can just get away yes. from the originals which i think that they're <laughs> going to with the with the completion of nine yeah, I yeah. Think that that... Well, the, the first ryan johnson trilogy is supposed to get away from it so yeah. <laughs> he says he says eh. yeah um i'm not holding my breath for that series yeah i seen now what ryan johnson is capable of and yeah. color me unimpressed okay fair enough yeah. fair enough i i would be very happy if i'm wrong i, I would be super happy we'll if I'm do wrong. speaking of ryan johnson and unimpressed we'll do the rest of our uh massacre yeah our, the rest of our last jedi massacre massacre here for the next episode so yeah be pretty exciting for anyone no, yeah, who... we don't we don't want to we want to stay on target on this one yeah oh yeah big time big yeah. time uh, so anyway, Lando has agreed to help them. Uh, they go through the Kessel run. That's all acknowledged. They make it to Kessel. L3 is with them. It's funny. L3 has a conversation with, uh, Kira at some point when they're in transit <laughs> and she's saying things like, Oh, like Lando's totally in love with me, but I don't really like him. You know, yeah. is that, is that like you and Han? Do you know what to do? Kind yeah, of, kind yeah. of tongue in cheek kind of conversation. And then Kira goes, he's in love with you. And she's like, well, yeah, obviously. And, and Kira's like, well, how did it even work? You're a droid. And she goes, trust me it would work which just is a whole nother layer <laughs> yeah, to this. Is, yeah that which is uh <laughs> that is gonna be it's gonna be some people are gonna take it to weird places on the internet <laughs> well i immediately thought like in this universe oh yeah. my god there's like human android porn oh like, yeah that exists for sure like, oh there's sex this bots. is bizarre well there's sex bots being in the making on earth of course there's sex bots in star wars <laughs> okay that's true yeah actually true <laughs> on earth the, the first use we thought of 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 like human-sized doll slash bots was for sex so yeah, that makes course. sense yeah. yeah but it never occurred to me before Depraved, because but... yeah yeah they never really they never really allude to it well, but why, here why they did they? Yeah. yeah yeah no of course and of for course. some bizarre reason so yeah. anyway but i think it's because l3 had such a lifelike personality yeah uh, it was a fully realized personality though i don't think that lando is actually in love with her well never actually really yeah stands. never they never really stay yeah. yeah but he definitely does care for her yeah he cares a lot for her yeah so because she doesn't make it and I'll tell you why. warning. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. But, well, she kind of makes it. Yeah. In many ways, well, yeah. she is the star of a lot of the films. Yeah, and in fact, that's an Easter egg I didn't even write down. Yeah. So, she which, is, That's why yeah. when Han refers to the Millennium Falcon as a her. Yeah. Oh, and, and no, C-3PO also makes a comment about... How she, ch- she gives yeah. him a lot of lip. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. an empire. So interesting. Well, we'll touch on that in a minute then. Yeah. Because they get to Kessel and they do end up obtaining the coaxium. But to get there, a couple things happen that are interesting. So first off, uh, Kira ends up having conversation with some sort of mining warlord, local mining warlord. These are not Imperials. Yeah, the warden. Yeah, these are, these are just yeah. their own people. This a bunch is not, of slaves right. operating here. Yes, and there's a whole bunch of slaves operating here, both droid and human and alien. Yep. So she's in a conversation with him. 
he does something threatening toward her and she kills him using what she says is Terrace Kasi. Yeah, so we finally see the uh, old martial arts of Star Wars yeah. resurface in mm-hmm. the actual lore so of Terrace Kasi. The history of Terrace Kasi goes all the way back to 1998. So yeah. because that was a game, a fighting game, Tekken-style fighting game, on a PS1 called Star Wars Masters of Terrace Kasi. I've played that. I love that I game. love that game. Yeah. It's great. So it was good for its day, actually. Oh, it was. And, well, you could uh, turn on and off your lightsaber. Yeah, and, and the characters were like... Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Han Solo, Tusken Raider, Slave Leia, Boba Fett. Slave Leia. Uh, yeah, Slave Leia was me. in it. Yeah, And then uh, who else was in it? Uh, I think Yoda was an unlockable character. Really? I, I got to look it up I now. I could be wrong We're looking this up. Masters of Terrace Kasi. Masters of Terrace Kasi characters. Yep, so Chewbacca. Chewbacca yep. Arden Lin, who was the made-up character and the ultimate boss of the game. The ultimate master. Uh, a random stormtrooper. Yes. The Tusken Raider was a Tusken Raider named Hor. H-O-A-R. Which I'll choose to pronounce Hor. Yeah. And then uh, Thok, a Gamorrean guard. Gamorrean guard, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Princess Leia in the slave outfit, which we mentioned. Mara Jade. So Mara straight Jade up expanded yeah. universe character in here, which yeah. is amazing. And Jodo Cast, who was another expanded universe character. Yeah. So very, very cool that Expanded Universe characters once showed up in a Star Wars video game. Yes. So these are people who loved Star Wars and the Expanded Universe books. And we're like, you know what? In comics, we're, like, we're just going to throw in our favorite characters into this. Yeah. So very, very cool. Mark yeah. Shade yeah. was in it. That's fucking... Oh, did fun. I mention Boba Fett? Yeah, I think I mentioned Boba Fett. Oh, well, Fett's also in it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Very, very cool. So maybe not. Uh, I must have been wrong on the Yoda bit. That might have been for something else. Yeah, it gets panned pretty hard, this game. Uh, in fact, the scores at the time, uh, let's see, back in the day, uh, GameSpot gave it a 4.4 4 out of 10, IGN a 4 out of 10, Official PlayStation Magazine, US and otherwise, gave it 3 out of 5. Uh, it's running on GameRankings.com, a score 53.83% overall. I would actually say it's probably closer to a 65 to 70%. I think it was a pretty solid fighter for its day. Yeah. It's probably not aged well. But it, they were also comparing it at that time to games like Tekken 3. Mortal Kombat. And Mortal Kombat, which back then, those games were very, very good. Yeah, and they also so. had more characters and stuff like that. There were more stages. You also, st- the storyline, if I remember correctly, for this game was not fantastic. Oh, it was rough. Yeah. It was rough. So, so yeah, I mean, like I understand where the rating came from. Mechanically, more or less solid game. Yeah. Man, what a game. We're going to have to play that at some point. I think I, I might would, own a copy. I would be down. Well, we could emulate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we should. Get it running better. Um, cool. That's Masters of Tereskasi. So that was the first. I think Tereskasi has also been mentioned in the uh, animated series, although I haven't it's watched the, the animated series. For sure. It's in the books for sure, Legends. Uh, so very, very cool. Anyway, uh, Kira learned Tereskasi apparently from Dryden Voss, is what she's saying. Yep. So Dryden Voss does it. Uh, we know he uses, what are the blades that he uses? Uh, if the pronunciation, if I'm remembering it correctly, they are Flaxian Phase Knives. Phase Knives. They are uh, similar to um, lightsabers and what they do. Yes, so the blade itself lights up. And I was thinking it was like, um, yeah, so you can activate, deactivate, and it uses a molecular shield to form the razor-sharp yeah. weapon. Flaxia. So oh, it's developed wow. on artificers on the planet Flaxia, yeah. The phase knife was used by criminal See, I thought it was a vibro knife. It's similar to the Vibro Knife. Uh, the Vibro Except Knife for this. Uh, does not have any actual energy piece included it's to it. It vibrates at an extremely high rate, so it cuts faster. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So that's what Dryden Voss uses his weapons. But Kira just, you know, hand-to-hand. Later on, she uses a sword, I guess. Uh, yeah, she uses like an ancient Sith Warblight, actually, I think it is. That's awesome. Um, and the... Uh, Flaxian War Knife thing. The only reason I actually remember that is uh, thank you, Fantasy Flight Games, for uh, for some Destiny tabletop. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's in there. Uh, I can't remember which book it's in, but it's in one of those books. So L3, at the same time as this is happening, starts a droid revolution in the control room <laughs> of the mine. So And the droids are, the little box droids are up, like, yeah, we have, stomping uh, on the control droids, panels. Yeah, like we the power yeah. droids. Uh, <laughs> so we weird. have uh, de- various astromech droids yeah. from various model iterations. A couple of protocol droids, a long droid, I think. Is it was there so great. It was, it was one of my favorite scenes in the movie, actually. Yeah. I, I, I had a good hearty laugh about that. 
So uh, in the meantime, Han and Chewie are trying to make it into the depths of the mine to try and get to where the coaxium is held. As incognito slaves. As incognito slaves, although they're being tortured along the way pretty pretty thoroughly. Uh, They beat up their captors in the elevator and escape. Uh, Chewbacca breaks off. He goes to free some Wookiees. Yes. Some of his Wookiee yeah, tribe. Yeah, that was cool. We yeah. got some Wookiee slaves being freed yeah. by Chewbacca. By Chewbacca. And uh, Han doesn't directly assist him, but he does give him the uh, um, electro staff. Yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah, one of the guard staffs. Shit. What are they called? Pike? Oh, well, force Pike? No, that's not the Force Pike. It's, it's a, I think it's actually just an electro staff. Yeah. So they end up getting out with all of the coaxium that they need. Uh, big battle, slaves freed. Seems like they're going to live a good life. Who knows? Maybe some of these people end up living on Hun- uh, in Lando's Cloud City, which floats oh, above Castle. Be- Bespin. Yeah. Um, I, anything's possible. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so then they go back through the Castle Run. However, waiting for them is a Star Destroyer. So, which <laughs> Han incorrectly states, oh, they wouldn't release TIE Fighters to chase down a little freighter like us. Nope, they definitely do. They release a whole fleet of TIE Fighters. So going after him. Yeah, uh, which was funny because as as they're going through, yeah, the corridors. Yeah. Yeah, thing. Yeah. At this point, L three is already dead. Yeah, L three has died at this point, and they're trying to upload yeah. her as consciousness into the Falcon because she was had a complete. Uh, she has a very ancient and very expansive database on uh, hyperspace lanes. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it. which. If anyone doesn't know, Star Wars uh, hyperspace lanes are not necessarily always widely known. There are some mm. that are that are done uh, by criminal elements and smugglers and shared kind of in secret. Yeah. So, and that's also part of the reason why L three had such a fully realized personality is because she'd never been wiped. Yes. So similar to R two. Yep. Yep. Same with um, R two. Yeah, and that, that was a big thing too. She gets she gets gunned down effectively as yep. they are boarding the ship. Lando's able to recover her core, mm. her top half at least, yeah. and uh, and uploads her to the Falcon. So she is now integrated and becomes a Falcon. Yeah, and then and then that's why the Falcon is so mouthy later on yes. with uh, with Han and C and C three PO. Yes. Yep. So pretty cool, pretty cool tie in. I thought that was a great Easter egg. It was fantastic, in my opinion. So anyway, they have to cut out into the outer reaches, or I guess the inner reaches of the Kessel Run, where it's very dangerous. There's a lot of planet-sized boulders flying and crashing into one another. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to get through things. They make a jump. They end up being chased by a Cthulhu-like monster. Yes. And, yep, space Leviathan. Yeah, and then there's a black hole called the Maw that they almost get sucked into. Yep. The space monster does get sucked into. Yep. Uh, and then they make it out by using that single drop of coaxium. Yes. Yep. They they almost uh, completely get sucked in, and then they make it out the last second. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It's a good scene. Yep. Very suspense. So, but uh, which I don't understand why, because like we already know that Han and Chewie survive, in Lando, and the Falcon. I think it was just like a moment of oh shit, did they go into some place that we're not aware? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that was it. Anyway, good scene. Yep. So they make it back to Vander, now in a desert-like coastal setting, and they're uh, trying to get the coaxium refined. They end up getting confronted by Enfys Nest and the Cloud Riders, uh, who want the coaxium. And this is where there's a big reveal. Yeah. Enfys Nest. Enfys Nest is, is a, not is, a marauder. No, she is a member of the Rebellion. Yeah, she's a rebel. Though technically, rebels could be marauders. True, and this is clearly in the early days of the resistance yeah. in general. Yeah. And uh, that's when we actually see it's a Tognaf, uh, the same one I think that is part of Saw Gerrera's gang. Yep, yep. The, I think he's also known as Two Tubes, but he's in Saw Gerrera's game in Rogue One. Okay. Yeah. So I don't uh, know if he survives or dies or what. I don't remember. I mean, it could just be another Tognaf. It's yeah. very possible. I, I, but it makes sense it, if it well, was. I think it's the same one for a couple of reasons. One, using the same gear and certainly the same weapon. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, part of the rebellion, I don't see any reason why it couldn't be. And, um, like, I mean, th- there's always people moving between cells. And yeah. the rebellion, it so. makes sense. It makes sense. I think. Yeah. Um, so another party member for Enfys Nest and the cloud riders is, uh, his name is Weasel. It's actually played, um, sorry, I just lost my place here. He is actually played by Warwick Davis. Yes. A.K.A. Uh, Wicked. Yep. Yep. Wicked the Ewok. A.K.A. Guy in the background watching the pod race in episode one. Yep. So he has been in three Star Wars movies, as all as different characters. characters. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, one thing I forgot to mention, Anthony Daniels was actually on Kessel as one of the slaves. 
Oh, really? Yeah, the actor of C-3PO That's was actually funny. not 3PO in this movie. I didn't know Because his claim to fame is that he's been in all Star Wars movies. That's true. And so they still put him in here, just not as 3PO. Yes. And so this might be the only one then without R2 and 3PO. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of other droids, thankfully. But yeah, certainly not those I mean, we two. see other astromechs, but we don't see They're off doing their own thing. Off doing their own thing. Um, yeah, we should say that at this point in the timeline, Luke Skywalker and Leia would be like six years old, I think. Not very old. Yeah, yeah. They'd be they'd be five or six years old, I think, in the timeline, because they do state Chewbacca's age. 109, I think, for Chewbacca. No, he was older than that. He was like 190. 190, sorry. Yeah. Um, no, I think Luke and Leia are a little bit older. Because yeah. they're not that far behind Han. Um, yeah, maybe like a decade or something. Not even. So maybe maybe they'd be like 11 or 12 at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That may, that would make sense. That makes sense. Uh, so that's all sort of happening in the background. It is not in any way alluded to. We're just going on a tangent. Right. Uh, so anyway, they end up they end up coming up with a plan. Or Han tries to. He tries to come up with a plan to give the Cloud Riders the Quaxium and still overcome the situation with Dryden Voss. Uh, with Tobias, Tobias Beckett ends up leaving the party, so seemingly for good. Uh, Lando, yeah, Lando also leaves because he's done with this whole thing. Takes the Falcon and goes. Yeah, he's out. Uh, which the Falcon has been it's, nearly oh, annihilated. Yeah, it's at this point, completely trash. Yeah, we we can see it in its uh, more similar form to how we know it. Yes. Yeah. So they go to Dryden Voss's ship. Uh, Han has Chewie carrying what appears to be cases full of the coaxium, the refined coaxium. Yes, right? appears to be. <laughs> appears to be. So they get into Dryden Voss's room. Dryden Voss is going back and forth with them. Ends up saying, show me the coaxium. So he takes out a vial of coaxium. You see yeah. under the lid, though, as Han lifts it, there's a blaster the under DL-44 there. The DL-44 yep, blaster yep, of Han Solo. Yep. Yep. And, then, uh, and then he gives the little vial to Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss says, oh, this is this would be great if it was actually co- refined coaxium. <laughs> yeah. So so he's, he's oh, trying to call God. Han out. The reason why he's trying to call Han out, he reveals, is because Tobias Beckett ratted them out. Yes. Han thinks that it was Kira who ratted them out. It wasn't, yeah. which is kind of a cool, cool twist. So Tobias Beckett shows up. Like uh, the asshole that he is and is explaining why he did it, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? And then he ends up uh, taking Chewbacca at gunpoint with the coaxium. Because they find out, yeah, the reveal happens that it's actually the coaxium. Right. And then it's revealed that it's actually the coaxium that Han has brought on the ship. While this is happening, Dryden Voss's men have gotten uh, soundly and quickly defeated by the Cloud Riders. Yeah. Yep. So down below. Uh, So anyway, so it appears that Tobias Beckett is making his escape. And now there's a fight. On their hands between uh, Kira and Han and um, Dryden Voss. Yeah, and there's some really cool stuff in that room. Though. Yeah, what are you what are you talking about? What yeah, okay. So that we saw there's a suit of Mandalorian armor, right? In the background. In the background. I saw that because I was like, why is there still a guard just standing there? And then I realized, oh, it's just a suit of armor. Yeah, it's yeah. Mandalorian gear. Yeah, that's all there. Um, uh, there is a that little triangular glowy thing that you saw. Yeah, is a. I believe it's a Sith holocron. Okay. Because that is what they look like. Okay. Um, and there Crazy. Was a, there was a bunch of paraphernalia there that looked like it actually... He may have had lightsabers there. Dude, I really want to go back and see this I now. Gotta, like, yeah, I got to go back and watch. Of it. He, he definitely had kyber crystals. Yeah, those were the crystals that were in the... Yeah, yeah they, I saw... They showed those very explicitly. Yes. Yeah. So I think that there was actually lightsabers there. Mm-hmm. But definitely a Sith holocron, which further believable I didn't even by see the that. end... That would be amazing, and it makes sense. Yeah. So, because as we see after Voss is defeated, Kira has sent Han away. And then uh, takes the ship. <laughs> and then takes the ship. We, the first person she communicates with is none other than dun, 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 Darth Maul. Yes. Well, no longer Darth. Just Maul. Well, Darth is a... Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, yes. Because at this point, Maul. there'd be Palpatine and Vader. Yeah, but... Okay, I'm not going to get into it. There's a whole thing about how Darth titles are assumed... Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Not important. Yeah. Not anyway, important. he's. I guess he's more in the role of leader of the Crimson Dawn. Yes. Syndicate. So, right, and play, uh, played by uh, Ray Parker. Yeah, which I didn't but realize Ray voiced, Park was. But in. not voiced by Ray. <laughs> it's voiced by the guy who does the Clone Wars. What? Uh, version. I couldn't of figure it out. Or, or the Rebel. I was like, he looks different, but he sounds different too. Yeah. At first, I didn't even think it was Ray Park. Yeah, it's Ray Park, but it's not voiced by Ray Park. Okay, so if you remember Darth Maul in Episode One, got his bottom torso cut off. Cut off, and we assumed died. Assumed died. Didn't die. Didn't die. Yeah. We we saw that in the Clone Wars and in the Rebels. Yep. TV he comes show. back with robot legs. Battles. Yep. Obi Wan. Yeah. It happens. 
so at this point, he is the leader of the crime syndicate, which is cool that they're kind of tying him into this universe now. Yep. There's this gratuitous lightsaber grabbing sequence he does uh, when they're doing the holographic communication. Right, just to hit you over the head with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, I get it. You still have a double-bladed lightsaber. Yeah. Okay. He sort yeah. of holds it in front of him menacingly and says, now we're doing business together or something. Yeah, so to some of that effect. Yeah. Uh, AKA is really just, hey, we want to let you guys know that Maul's in power here. Yeah. And we will find out. I, like, I gotta and he's got a double-bladed lightsaber, I gotta, baby. I have to assume that there is going to be another solo movie. Because they, they, they set it up pretty explicitly. Yeah, they yeah. do. Um, so if the if the movie does well enough, I'm expecting to see Solo too. Oh, it's already made its money back, man. Like it's it's probably gonna happen. You could probably Google it right now. Is there gonna be a Solo sequel? Um, actually, I was just looking for the total amount of money that it's made. Well, you might want <laughs> Hans Olo. Hans. <laughs> yeah. Who's that? Oh, speaking of the name Solo. Uh, we did talk about that. Ooh, had a rough Friday. So it just took a 77% tumble for the second weekend, which is probably the biggest drop I've seen in a long time. So not doing so, so hot. So we might not see the sequel. Anyway, it's already well made its money back. I don't think that's the issue. So the issue is just it's it's a Star it Wars movie just not good. doing yeah. as extremely well as most Star Wars movies. It might be a little bit underfunded for the next movie. So one thing we forgot to mention at the beginning that we can kind of mention now that we're through it. Oh, by the way, Han Solo kills Tobias Beckett and he does shoot first. Yes. Yeah. Thank God. And Tobias Beckett was about to say, the final thing that I'm going to teach you is that you always shoot first. But Han yeah. beat to it and shot first. Yes. So, yeah. So he Han wins Han the first. standoff. And then Kira's gone, and then that's basically the end of the movie, except for that gambling scene where he actually but, wins. And the other thing, too, though, yes, where he actually wins the Falcon, Falcon because he, he lifts uh, uh, Lando's card off him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but there is uh, there is one huge uh, thing here, which is we learn, like, in the solo movie, Han is very happy, very helpful, mm-hmm. like, leaves the best in people. But throughout the whole movie, they keep saying, hey, you don't, you should not trust all these people because you don't know them. Right. And that is an adage that goes throughout the whole movie. Yep. And he constantly gets betrayed, but I think by the end he gets it. Yeah. Because that's why that's why he shoots Tobias. Yep. Because he's like, All right, he's like, I've learned the lesson you're trying to impart on yeah. me. And he didn't look surprised when he saw Cure Ship flying away. He looked disappointed, but he wasn't surprised. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. He was just like like he was getting it. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. And that's I think where we're gonna get the actual Han. And actually to be honest, the the actor that played Han didn't do as bad a job as I was expecting. Oh, he did a great job. I thought he did, yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. He did pretty good. Um, Chewie was on point. Chewie was on point. Lots of Chewie <laughs> in this movie, too, which is good. Yes. Uh, so Solo is not his actual name. Yeah. That's one we, thing we, we forgot to touch on. Yeah, Yeah, Solo is not his actual name. It's given to him by the Imperial, by officer, Imperial officer who enlists him. Yes. He says, because he says, Han, Han what? Who are your people? And he says, I don't have anyone. And so he says, uh, Han Solo. Yeah. As to show that he's his... By himself. So his literal name is given to him by some random recruitment officer. Which is fine. Yeah. It's a little tongue-in-cheek. But I mean, the, the one thing, too, that I found interesting is that we actually have this <laughs> uh, instance where Han is <laughs> named Han Solo. We know his name is Han Solo. Throughout the whole movie, there's almost nothing he does by himself. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. The whole like thing is about movie. him connecting with... The Other people, characters. yeah, for the yeah. future, yeah. It's Especially Han, Chewbacca. Solo. It's a <laughs> immediately Han, not Solo. Yeah. So, other Easter eggs in the film. Let me see if there's anything we missed. Uh, there's an allusion to the big score being offered by a well-known gangster. Tobias talks about it with Han. So, Job obviously, this is Job of the Hut. Yep. So, and then uh, Han will ultimately dump the spice shipment, which gets a price on his head. So, yep. good times. Scarif, we covered that. Uh, undercover, under construction Star Destroyer. Um, Bounty Hunter Bosk is named by uh, yep. Val Beckett when they were considering allies for the heist. So Bosk, obviously the lizard-like bounty hunter Trandoshan. with very long forearms, Trandoshan. Yeah. Yep. So I've got a really good feeling about this. Han says when they're discussing the Kessel heist. Yeah, which is funny. He yeah. says it in front of like Dryden Voss and all that. Oh, the Golden Dice constantly make a uh, thing. Yeah, the Golden Dice keep popping in. Yeah, yep. yeah. hand it off. So Chewie rips the guards' arms out of their sockets on Kessel. <laughs> Yes. Which was great. Because, yeah, he just turns to Han. Holding and he's the holding arms. the arms. <laughs> he's like, uh. <laughs> Super funny. Uh, those are all the big ones, I think. Yeah, yeah. that was it. 
Okay, so that's it for the Ronin Geek official podcast for this week. For next week, you'd expect to hear a little bit about uh, Pokemon Quest, the new game uh, that just came out on Nintendo Switch. You could also expect to hear about Pokemon Let's Go Games and a bunch of other gaming news, including Fallout 76, and a nice little bit about some Fallout vaults that you might not know about. Yeah. Pretty fun stuff. Some pretty awesome vaults. Pretty awesome vaults. Or not awesome if you were in the vaults. Vault culture, baby. That's what this is about. Vault Vault culture. culture. We're going to get into it. All right.